The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Honestly, I'll say on here, man, uh, I think as long as Malik Cunningham is a quarterback at the University of Louisville, they have a chance. I'm not going to say that they'll be freaking national championship champions, but they, they have a chance. And uh, it's just going to be about um, them, you know, being together, making a brotherhood and uh, just playing for playing for each other instead of, you know, playing for themselves. First of all, it's, it's when, the, when the lights come on, the priests come out at night. So, you know, when they come on, it's time to shine. You're listening to the From the Pink Seats podcast, powered by the State of Louisville Network. We are back for another episode of From the Pink Seats podcast, the only Louisville football podcast covering the Louisville football program. I'm Jacob Lane, the host of the show, alongside my co-host, Vincent Lococo, Matt McGavick, night off. But nonetheless, we're here. We're ready to rock and roll. We've got a great episode, and I'm really looking forward to this because uh, this is my favorite time of year when it comes to the NFL. Combines my love for college football, recruiting, obviously Louisville football, and then the NFL with the NFL draft, which will kick off tomorrow night. If you're listening to this, we've recorded uh, recorded on a Wednesday night. The NFL draft is on Thursday, uh, April 28th. Uh, the first round in Las Vegas, and we are so excited to have a, a potential draftee. Now, I don't know if it's going to be first round. This guy is a four-year starter, led the team tackles in 2020, 2019, made almost 250 career tackles, a playmaker for what feels like a century for Louisville football. Our guest is CJ Avery, a former teammate of my co-host Vincent Lacoco. And so, Vince, I'm going to turn it over to you. What would you like the audience to know about CJ Avery? Obviously, they've seen him on the field for a long time. He has been uh, one of the mainstays over the last few years with everything that's kind of happened with the Bobby Petrino transition to Scott Satterfield became a, a key cog and really the leader of this team defensively for the last few years. What would you like the audience to know about uh, your boy, CJ Avery? CJ, you know, the thing that just really groups, you know, the best phrase to group CJ is the hardest worker in the room. 
Like, no matter what, C.J. Avery will be the hardest worker. He will outwork you every day of the week. Uh, his film study is something like it's, it's already at a professional level, in my opinion. So for just to give a little context on that, I would be uh, finishing up dinner check uh, somewhere around 7.30, 7.45 p.m. And uh, CJ would still be in the linebacker room grinding film. And this is after practice, after a lift, after doing classes. I mean, the dude's just a football junkie. There's very few people like CJ. And uh, that's why I believe, regardless of where CJ ends up in the draft or if he signs as an undrafted free agent, I think CJ Avery will stick on an NFL roster for a good long time. A good way to look at his work work ethic and just uh, kind of summarize what he did in his time at Louisville, came in as a four-star safety in the class of 2017, uh, was the 224th best player in the country, the, the 20th best safety in the country, and he came in at 6'1", 196. Uh, CJ leaves the Louisville program as one of the top tacklers of the last decade. Uh, like I said at the beginning, led the, the team in tackles for two straight seasons, was very close for three seasons in a row. Uh, but now leaves the program at 227 pounds as an inside linebacker um, whose speed and versatility will make him an asset in the NFL. And Vince, I'm right there with you, man. This is a guy I tweeted from the, from the pink seats podcast, Twitter account. This is a guy that an NFL team is going to uh, luck their way into having on their roster, whether it's special teams uh, playing as a specialty linebacker and a, and a package as the NFL kind of transitioned into this uh, prioritizing of speed over size. CJ is uh, the perfect mold to take that next step into the NFL uh, and become a, a linebacker or, like I said, a special teams guru uh, because of the way that he plays, how fast he is, his ability to make plays all over the field. Um, and we are just super excited to have him on the show tonight, one day before the NFL draft gets underway and uh, his you know, d- uh, dream is realized of becoming an NFL player. Really excited to talk to him about that tonight. And of course, going to uh, rehash just the last couple of years of Louisville football and, and see what you know, his memories and, and just things that stick out to him. Uh, but before we jump into CJ Avery, I want to remind you, if you uh, are an avid listener on the State of Louisville Podcast Network, that we have a new partner, a new sponsor on board. That's right. What's next with Eric Wood? It's a podcast that you can find anywhere that you get your podcasts from. Uh, Eric sits down with a new guest each week and inspire people who are looking to take that uh, step of what's next in their career. This week, Desmond Ritter, uh, a Louisville native, appears on the podcast with Eric uh, just days before his NFL dreams are realized, taking that next step from Cincinnati to the league. Uh, be sure to subscribe, tune into that anywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, if you support us, do us a favor and support Eric Wood, a former Cardinal great who needs no introduction. With that being said, let's jump into what you came here for, ladies and gentlemen, C.J. Avery. We are proud to have C.J. Avery, five-year Louisville linebacker and safety, which we're going to get into the conversation about this here in a few minutes because Vince and I have a different memory of how the safety to linebacker transition thing went down. But nonetheless, C.J., man, uh, the NFL draft kicks off in less than 24 hours. You're gracious enough to lend us your time. Welcome into the show. How are you, my friend? I'm great, man. Um, you know, blessed. Um, living, living great. Just excited for this next chapter of my life. Living great. You know, with all the NFL draft prep, there's no way you're eating any better food right now than what we were eating with the Rafferty's and the Thorntons and things like that up at the stadium. With me at dinner check, of course. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know, the food at Louisville, I can say that it was it was pretty good. But, you know, I'm, I think I'm eating a lot better now um, <laughs> out in different cities and then, you know, just having my own cook food for my family that's is amazing yeah i saw that steak you posted on uh i think it was instagram or snapchat story the other day it looked like an nfl size steak 
<laughs> yeah, man. Great, great ribeye steak from um, it was this restaurant called A Restaurant out of out in Newport Beach, uh, California. Um, you know, it was a really good steak. One of my great friends from in that area told me, you know, gave me a recommendation on going. It was amazing, man. I sat by myself and ate good. There you <laughs> so, go, man. You could have FaceTimed me. I, I, I was that right there with you. Yeah. A little virtual date night, man. I love it. Well, you, yeah. you talk about being out in Newport Beach. Tell me what life is like for you the last couple of days as the NFL draft. Just I, I've, I probably imagine for you it's it's kind of snuck up on you here. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, you know, my my life has been, you know, just steady going um, since, since the end of the season. Um, went out to Seattle got my training in. Um, it was, you know, that was extremely uh, hard time, um, but but it was, it was still exciting uh, because it was so much work being put into that. Uh, just, you know, being up from 8 a.m. to all the way to like 5, 5 p.m. Not, not leaving to, not leaving the building until 5. So uh, it was an everyday grind Monday through Saturday. And then um, now, you know, just after the pro day, it was just working, just continue working out, uh, answering phone calls, and just, you know, talking to coaches and different things. So it's been amazing, but, uh, you know, just definitely uh, just stressing a little bit. <laughs> Compare this to recruiting a little bit, CJ. I mean, you were a what, four-star guy coming out of high school, and now you're almost like right back into the recruiting world, you know, off your college resume and everything now. So how is it a little bit similar? Obviously a lot more intense, things like that. But uh, what's it? what's the process like for you? Yeah, I would say that uh, it's it's similar. It has its ways of being, you know, similar. Um, obviously, that uh, they contact uh, they contact you, and they're going to be the ones that make the decision instead of you. <laughs> but um, like, you know, obviously, just, I want to come to your NFL team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then you know, obviously, like you said, the, the, the stakes are a little bit more higher. Um, you know, you're you're playing for a check, and, and you know, a lot more different things. It's a business. It's not just. Uh, you know, I'm going to college for four years, whatever. So um, that's that's been the biggest thing for me. Um, but it's been a great it's been a great process, and um, I've been loving every minute of. It. Before we get into just some of the the details of what your pre draft experience has been like, there's a couple of teammates of yours from the last couple of years that have played in the NFL: Tutu Atwell, Des Fitzpatrick, even all the way back to guys like you know Lamar Jackson and, and others. What kind of advice or, or you know what kind of communication have you had with guys that you've played with that are now in the NFL, and and what kind of advice have they given you on how to prepare and uh, just the best mindset to have heading into the NFL? Yeah, um, you know those guys, they I can reach out at any time and, and just you know, one phone call away if I have a question. So I've been talking to a lot of guys that's, you know, been through the process and just some of the little things that they've told me is just, um, you know, just never, never expect anything. Um, never expect like, uh, you know, to be drafted in whatever rounds. Uh, just kind of let it happen, you know, let it all work out. Your work will, will um, you know, allow that to happen. And then uh, also, you know, just they gave me a lot of pointers whenever you do get to the league. Um, just, you know, making sure you're staying consistent, never make the same mistake twice, um, always stay in the special team coach here, you know, just things like that. So it's been great getting those pointers from those guys. And then guys that's just in the league, like I have a cousin, Jannard Avery, he's, a, mm-hmm. he's in the NFL right now. Um, you know, he's on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I talk with him every day and he just continues to tell me like little things on how to get through uh, certain mental blocks or physical blocks as well. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions for you a little bit later on, CJ, was just explain your relationship with your cousin and, uh, you know, how has he impacted you as a player? That's 
Yeah, that's a cousin of the NFL. Pops, if I'm not mistaken, Pops was a damn good football player as well. So, I mean, what was it kind of like living up to those expectations and being able to lean on them for uh, for advice, you know, them being family? Yeah, so for, you know, starting with my with my dad, uh, that's been somebody that I've seen, you know, since I was a uh, look, look guy, you know, look kid, um, just – Continue to see him uh, has his success. He played in the Arena Football League uh, from like 2001 to 2007, I believe. And um, so I've seen, you know, him just uh, do all the things that he's done. Um, you know, a lot of people been in been in my ear telling me how great he was. So it was always, you know, my, uh, you know, I use that as motivation for me to be better, or, you know, and just have a better name. And then my cousin, um, you know, he just continued to motivate me. He's one of the most hardest working people I ever so from that aspect of just knowing what it took to get there, that's what helped me. And I, I used that throughout my whole career from high school all the way to college. And then just seeing him make it, that, that gave that opened my eyes. It was like, hmm, if he can make it, I can make it too. So that's, that's been the biggest thing with him. I don't know how much you're able or willing to kind of talk about your uh, pre-draft process and just your, you know, meetings with teams and stuff. But if you're able to, can you can you kind of talk about who you've talked with the most or what teams have shown interest in you? Um, and then a second part of that is obviously, you know, you you played a, a, the inside linebacker role at UofL. But what has been the kind of feedback you've gotten about position at the next level? Do you think it's at the linebacker spot, more special teams, maybe a move back to safety? What's kind of that feedback been like for you? I'd love to see yes. CJ back there at safety. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, living man. that linebacker life now, man. That's, no, that's man. what it is. <laughs> yeah, man. So just uh, about the teams, man. It's been a, it's been a lot of teams contacting me, just um, you know, phone calls, making sure uh, you know my all my draft day information is right. Um, but I would say two teams that's that's really like you know just you know been calling a lot, and I've talked to some of the position coaches. Is um the Buffalo Bills and um, the uh, Los Angeles Rams, um, and also the chart the Los Angeles Chargers as well. Those those teams they um you know they've really been been you know calling and just checking in on me and just want to talk a lot of ball. So um, it's been it's been fun. Um, you know I I'm blessed. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm in this position because it could be anybody else. But God chose me, and um you know it's it's just been fun, man. So where are you at right now? And Ben, sorry to, to cut you off there, but I wanted to ask a follow-up. Where are you at right now weight-wise? I know you've played, you know, somewhere in the 220 to 225 range at UofL. I'd imagine that NFL teams probably are looking for you to bulk up at least a little bit. So where where are you at right now weight-wise? And where are teams kind of wanting you to be at? Yeah, um, I'm around like 227. Um, today I was, yeah, today I was like 226. So my, my weight fluctuates from like 226 to 230. Uh, you know, a lot of teams they they would want me in that range. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, to answer your uh, question before, uh, a lot of teams see me as that Will or Mike linebacker, just depending on their system. The Chargers they they run a um, three four system, so uh, you know they they would definitely want me at that Will spot, and um, you know the the Rams probably want me at that Mike spot. So it just depends on whatever whatever scheme I end up being in. Yeah, that uh, two thirty. 225, 230 range. That's kind of where I sit at, too. And I mean, CJ, you remember what I look like. We're about, <laughs> yeah. we're about to say this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. This will be a little bit of an in-the-fields type question. But how do you think – If and I don't know if you've thought about this. I imagine you've dreamed about this your entire life. But 
you know, thinking to, you know, whether it's on Friday, Saturday, hearing your name physically called out from the NFL draft podium, have you kind of thought about what that might feel like, how you might react? Like, is there any kind of thought to that? Or have you kind of blocked that out as you just really focus on preparing? Man, I can be honest. I've thought about that my whole life. Uh, I've watched, I can't tell you how many videos I've watched of somebody getting drafted or just the names, uh, just the, you know, quick story. Like in college, man, I used to just sit in my room and just watch like a lot of people get drafted. Like, so it's, you know, with the so-and-so pick in the NFL draft, mm-hmm. you know, I was just think CJ, I'll say CJ Avery out loud. And that's, that's been some of the things I've thought about my whole life. And, you know, it's finally that moment and God will that I get my name called. Does this ever happen to you? Do you ever get sick of listening to the same old sports radio, Mount Rushmore this, hot seat that, the same rehashed old musty takes you've been hearing for years? Does it send you into a fit of rage causing you to lose control of the steering wheel, crashing into a vehicle leading to you being late to a big meeting at work which leads to your ultimate firing and downward spiral of your life? Does this ever happen to you? Don't send your life into a downward spiral. Do what thousands of others are already doing, listening to the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Louisville Football basketball, women's basketball, baseball, Louisville City and racing Louisville soccer, Louisville culture, and so much more. State of Louisville Podcast Network and stateoflouisville.com. Real fans' opinions for real fans like you. So we'll move on to some U of L talk. Uh, now my first question for you, the public doesn't know him a lot because he's not really out there, out and about doing his thing, but you know, we got to talk about Mr. Come on with it. <laughs> What's it like playing for Coach D. Nick? I know him. You know him. He's a crazy man out there, but he's going to love on you like nobody else. So speak on Coach D. Nick a little bit. Yeah, Coach D. Nick, man, that's my guy. That's that's one of the guys that, um, you know, that I'll always have a relationship uh, with, no matter if it's football, um, you know, football is in the picture or whatever. Um, that's, that's just somebody that I'm going to be with for life. Uh, He's a great guy, uh, most, you know, honest coach. He's going. He's a definitely a player's coach, and he's going to do what's best for you. Um, it's never about him. It's never, you know, about anything else. It's just about how can I get you to the next level and how can I help, help you get better so we can win. Um, that's the biggest thing that I love about him. Um, that, that guy changed, changed me as a player because he taught me so many things about the game that I really didn't know. Um, and so, uh, you know, I just – I love him, man. The energy is there. Like you said, come on with it. He's always screaming that. He's making sure everybody in the bed is alert. So it's just fun. And I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, man. The last time I was playing staff basketball, it was probably my last week with the freaking D-Nick. You know, you know how he gets, man. Uber competitive. Oh, I mean, they're all competitive, but D-Nick's like a whole nother level of competitiveness. He freaking bodies me on the post and <laughs> runs me straight over. And, you know, is talking shit the whole way back, too. And him and I are just barking back and forth the whole rest (laughs) of the game. Yeah, man, that's D-Nick for you, bro. He even told us about those games, you know, when um, whenever y'all played or whatever, you'd come in. And if they won or lost, you know, you could tell by the movie, you'd come in, either mad, he'd be like, man, we should have won, man. Uh, I freaking should have made a shot or he should have did this and that. It was It's fun, man. D-Nick is a great guy, like you said. So you come into Louisville, let's go back in the Wayback Machine here. You get you come to Louisville as uh, one of the highest rated safeties in the country. 
Um, and from what I remember, played there a little bit as a freshman before moving into a full-time linebacker role. Vince couldn't remember a little fuzzy on the details here, yeah. which I'll give you that. Those couple of years were rough, man. I'll give you that. Uh, but what was that like for you? Like, what do you remember about the transition from safety to linebacker? And was that something you were on board with? Or is that like, a, this is what's happening and you're either on board with it or we got to find something else? Yeah. So, uh, you know, just being from a safety in high school, it was, it was fun. Um, just running around, just doing whatever, just hitting people. Um, that was cool to me. Um, but when I got to Louisville, uh, it was, it was more like a, um, it was already kind of like gonna, gonna happen eventually. Uh, mm. like a lot of people that I really trust, they told me it was like the way, you know, your body's going to fill out, you're probably going to end up feeling out to be a linebacker. So, um, it was, it was pretty easy to, to trans have a transition to that. Um, but the only thing I would say that was really challenging was learning how to get off blocks in the in the box because linemen are coming on you so much faster. And safety, you got twelve yards to figure out what's about yeah. to happen. The linebacker is four yards, five yards sometimes. So that was the biggest, you know, the the hardest transition for me. <laughs> Do you remember like a specific time your first year linebacker where you came up, you know, in the box, whether it be on a blitz or trying to get in the backfield on a run block and just getting cracked by an offensive lineman? <laughs> oh my God, man. I, I really got a story for you on that one. It was, we was playing NC state. Uh, it was there last year. Lamar was there. Um, yeah. So we went out, I went out, I think Stacy Thomas and somebody got hurt and I, I went in, you know, I'm like, Oh snap. My last, this is my, this is my first time really on the big stage. I ain't even gonna lie, I wasn't even like focused on the game. I'm like looking at the jumbo trying, like, ooh, maybe I'll get on it. I'm on TV, blah, blah, blah. Oh so, so man, I um they snapped the ball, boom. And then next thing you know, I see this big guard. Uh, I don't even remember his name, don't know his number or whatever. He just come up on me. And so I'm like, oh snap, I don't really know how to get off a block. <laughs> the only thing I'm thinking is like just try to dip it rip under him. He grabbed me and he literally drove me probably like three yards and just dumped me on my back. And I was like, after that play, I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, I can never get did like that again. Please no. So <laughs> did so, Coach uh, Ledford Coach Ledford ever rub that in on you? <laughs> no, I never I never told him that story. I just I wish that you know somebody probably did not see that on film ever. <laughs> But I'm sure somebody did, but it's all good. You know, I learned from that mistake and got way better. On that uh, transition, you know, not only were you transitioning from uh, safety to linebacker, but uh, you were also filling the hole of four-year starter Keith Kelsey, and you all yourself turned into be a four-year starter. Uh, so can you just talk about what it was like kind of filling those shoes, uh, knowing that Keith, you know, he might not be in the ring of honor or anything, but, you know, he's a legend in our eyes. Yeah, man, that was, it was, um, you know, it was just something that, that, you know, motivated me, gave me something to look forward to, uh, just continue to go and be, be that leader, be that, be that, you know, the general on defense and say, you know, um, so, you know, that was fun. Uh, I felt I did a pretty good job of that, at, you know, in my career. I embraced that role of, you know, just making sure that I'm always the guy that someone looks at, to, uh, you know, either get the team going or make a play, whatever it, the case may be. So, um, stepping into that role was, was 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 a challenge, but it was something that I look forward to, um, even, you know, when I was deciding to come to Louisville. 
I think that when people look back in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, I think that there'll be more appreciation for the stretch on linebackers that Louisville has had for the last 10 years. You talk about Keith Kelsey, Stacey Thomas, James Burgess. Uh, yeah, James Burgess. Um, you know, I could go on and on and obviously CJ yourself. Uh, but one thing I told Vince I was really interested to ask about is a sh- as a show, we really try to dissect football um, from an X and O standpoint. And I've always thought it was so interesting how you played next to Dorian for, for several years. And then just an, you know, an instant, almost perfect slide in and connection with Monty Montgomery. So from an X's and O standpoint, tell me what it was like for you playing next to Dorian versus what it was like, you know, playing next to Monty as the, the primary linebacker. Yeah. For, for the Dorian part, it was, it was, um, it was just with Dorian. Like you knew that um, you would have someone that would, that would, more so be like communicating and, you know, um, just just like a general as well. He's a general on the team. Um, but with Monty, it's kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> that's just a playmaker. He's a playmaker, a true playmaker. Like, it doesn't matter. He might not say nothing to you. He might say something to you. You know, you never know. But at the end of the day, you knew with, with Monty that you could just do whatever. He was going to do whatever he wanted to do. And you just fit. You make him right or he's going to make you right. So, it was a little bit more playing free with Munty. Uh, Munty mm-hmm. was the guy that just, like I said, man, he go make a play. Uh, it's kind of like how that dynamic with Georgia with um, with the Tyndall guy or whatever his name is mm-hmm. and Kobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Kobe was kind of just like the general, and then you got the other guy that just go makes the play. And uh, that's how Munty, that's how me and Munty was compared to Georgia. I, I just liked, you know. Whenever I was around, I switched over to defense in 2020, that spring of 2021, and was around you guys uh, just for that time period. You could just see Monty, like, stealing these gaps and stuff, and you're like, what the – like, what the – how do you even see that? It doesn't even make – and D-Nick would be in the meeting. He'd be like, Monty, what, like, what are you looking at right now? <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's just Monty, man. Uh, he's one of those guys, like I said, man, He it doesn't matter how the play gets made. He's just going to find a way to make a play. It's no it's no uh, filling the right gap or anything. That was, nah. He got a little bit better at it, you know, as, the, as he's matured as a player because he realizes what he can and what he can't do in the defense. But uh, at first, man, he's just one of those guys that, hey, I'm going to make the play and nobody can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so so for you, you were voted team captain, was it three years in a row, CJ? Yeah, three years yeah. in a row. Yes. So what was it like being voted team captain three years in a row? And how do you think it's going to impact you for the rest of your life? Oh, man, uh, I would say that it was just an honor to to even, you know, be selected three years in a row. Honestly, it was an honor to be selected one year. Um, you know, I just, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I look, I look forward to, you know, coming into the building, even off the field, to just showing, being the right example for every player on the team and even, the, um, you know, just the, the organization, you know, just the school, uh, just making sure that I'm that guy that someone can look at and be like, oh, that's what Louisville represents. Uh, but that was Huge for me. I um, mean, then you know, on down the road, it's gonna it's gonna be a benefit for me, uh, just because you know a lot of people they still to this day like teammates now they still call me Cap things like that. So you know, it's that's what it's, I text them. I said it's like Cap okay this for tomorrow. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, cap. man. So it's like a lot of a lot of guys, you know, just continue to respect me uh, outside of the game. We talked about it a little bit beforehand with where these late nights you'd be in the facilities. So I remember getting done with dinner check. I mean, at the start of the year, it would uh, 
it would just be you. Mm-hmm. And then as it, the weeks would progress, it'd be more, it'd be Alan, it'd be Debo, it'd right. be Monty, it'd be all these dudes. And all of a sudden you're basically running your own damn linebackers beating. So post NFL, post playing career, things like that. Do you have any ambitions yourself of coaching? Uh, I thought on it a little bit. Um, you know, I've, I've heard some of the conversations, some of the, you know, the talks with Coach Sat, um, him talking with media and just, you know, saying that I could uh, potentially have a, you know, a job whenever I'm done playing a game. Um, I would love to, you know, just think about even, you know, giving all that I know about the game back to the, to the you know, the future um, and, the, and the younger guys that's coming up because, it's all about giving back. It's all about motivating, making people uh, believe that they can do something. Because I was one of those kids that, you know, that just didn't have as much, um, you know, just like people in my ear. But, um, you know, throughout throughout my career, I gained a lot of coaches and stuff that believed in me and showed me the way. One thing I found really interesting in talking uh, in one of our previous episodes with a former teammate of yours, Reggie Bonifon, was how his uh, experience at Louisville and just the up and down nature of, you know, having some great moments and then having some not great moments. Obviously, you know, you've been through several defensive coordinators, two head coaches. You have the 2018 season, the transition of positions for yourself. Um, do you feel like that's going to help you, like some of those trials and just the things that you all have been through in terms of, one, being able to learn an NFL defense, considering you've had to learn, what, four defenses now in five years, three defenses in five years? Uh, and two, do you feel like that's just going to help you in terms of just adversity in general? Oh, 100%. Uh, I think the biggest thing is going to be the adversity part, just knowing how much we went through at the University of Louisville, um, just so much stuff, man, from uh, on the field, off the field, things like that. Just knowing that, just wake up the next day and keep going, you'll be fine. So I think that's what's going to help me the most from from my career, uh, just whenever I get into life and I know it's a bad situation, it's like, all right, I know eventually I'll get through it, just continue to fight each day and do whatever it, whatever it takes. Let me ask you a follow-up to that. What what kept you in Louisville for all those years? All those things that, you know, any one of those, uh, you know, things I mentioned could have sent you, you know, packing and looking for another school. Obviously, the transfer portal the last two years of your career, I'm sure you've seen guys just left and right entering. What what kept you in Louisville through all of that hardship? I think what kept me at Louisville um, was probably just not, you know, obviously myself and just believing that if I start something, I'm going to finish it. It was also just uh, just knowing, you know, the, the fans and, and the city of Louisville. Uh, I would try my hardest to just, um, you know, give everything I could, could to that city um, and that school to make sure that we were we were winning. Um, we were giving out excitement for the fans, you know, just continue to make an impact on somebody because I knew we were, no matter if it was losing or winning. If you're playing hard, somebody's watching it. I know it. So um, that was my biggest reason. Let's talk about Coach Sad a little bit. Everybody knows him as a player's coach and everything like that. You mentioned uh, the talks and everything. So what's your relationship like with him? Yeah, man, my relationship with Coach Sad is amazing. Um, one of those one of those coaches that you just – you got so much respect for um, because he, he believes in you and he uh, does, he's going to do what's best for you. He's not going to worry about himself. Kind of like I said about D-Nick, man. Nobody – he doesn't worry about anything else but – you and your future. So, uh, you know, my relationship with Coach Sad is really tight. Um, I'll continue to, you know, reach out to him throughout uh, my playing days whenever that ends or whatever. Um, and even after that, you know, so I'll just make sure he's he's always somebody that I lean on 
throughout life. You feel good about the the future of the program with Sat as the the head coach? You think that this is the year that uh, you know things kind of turn the other way back towards where they were in nineteen? Yeah, I do. I, I do feel really good. Uh, honestly, I I'll say it on here, man. Uh, I think as long as Malik Cunningham is a quarterback at the University of Louisville, they have a chance. I'm not gonna say that they'll be freaking national championship champions, but they they have a chance, and uh, it's just gonna be about. Um, them, you know, being together, making it a brotherhood, and uh, just playing for playing for each other instead of you know playing for themselves. All right, so let's hear it. Who do you think is going to have a breakout year on the defense this next upcoming season? Hold on, you can't say Monty, you can't say Ashton, you can't say Trey Clark. Cool. So or and hold on, I got to throw another one in there. You can't say Yasir because Yasir might be oh, yeah, you see, pressure you, in the ACC. Oh. Just got to get my Yasir plug in there real quick. Yeah, uh, somebody that I'll say would probably be um, Dorian, the Dorian, the linebacker. I would say Dorian would definitely have a. Uh, he, he probably had a breakout year. That um, to be honest, um, the the last end of the season when he had to start playing more. He showed me a lot about his growth and his like maturity. He started like watching more film. He started um, just you know just making plays that I was like, oh okay, I see. And like, cause sometimes we'll be in practice, he'll make a mistake and he'll make it again. And I'm like, dude, what the world? We we just told you. And then the game come, he'll fix that mistake and he'll make the play. So I think he'll have a breakout year next year. I kind of see a little bit of you know yourself in Debo yeah. with uh, both of y'all are just thumpers of linebackers you guys run fairly similar and I mean just the maturity level I remember you know you were only a year behind me whenever you came in you're still my freshman year whenever you came in in the spring I mean we all were childish goofy and everything like that and then the maturity throughout the years into a three-year captain and things like that so I mean do, do you see a little yourself in Dorian yeah for sure uh you know, like he he always was one of those guys that was that was like under, you know, under my wing and just always asking questions, always uh, watching what I was doing. And I knew that because um, he, he does kind of play like me. He's he's one of those guys that just want to go hit, you know, and that's how I was. too. Oh, yeah. So, 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 yeah, man, I definitely see him and see myself in him. Let me ask you about another player who kind of, in a way, uh, will kind of have a career that follows in your footsteps a little bit. Ben Perry didn't play much last year, really, as a redshirt guy, but he's making the move now down the linebacker from the safety spot. I don't know what your interaction with, with him was much last year, but um, how do you see him, you know, kind of being a guy that's going to bulk up and play at that next level? Yeah, I think Ben will be really good. Um, you know, he's he's going to be one of those guys that, that, you know, just opens your eyes when he makes when he goes and makes a play. Uh, he's a really athletic guy. He's just got to, um, you know, he's just he was just young. He's just got to figure out um, the X's and O's about football. And he's a smart kid as well, too, man. I um, actually was in the film room with him just watching film uh, one day and uh, just seeing how smart he was. So he's going to come together. He's going to be a really good player for the team. So we all know that both of us have been through a roller coaster of a four or five years at UofL, I mean, 18, we try to forget about it, but, I mean, it's there. Right, right. So, with that being said, what's your favorite memory at Louisville? I would say that one of my favorite memories would have to be last year when we uh, had that, that um, pick against UCF. Wow. That probably that probably was one of the, you know, most exciting times and just, like, wow moments of my career. 
Um, man, because anybody would have thought that the game was over, and the next thing you know, boom. Back to back. I didn't sixes, leave. Man. You know, I didn't leave. I was up there on top of Max Martin's shoulders <laughs> at the end of that game, dog cussing people for leaving. Yeah, man. So that that was really that was really cool. That's probably my favorite moment of my career. Well, CJ, man, we can't thank you enough for again taking the time out of your schedule. The NFL draft just a couple hours away now. Um, so thank you for joining from the Pink Seats podcast. We are looking forward. I know I speak for Cardination. Looking forward to see whatever is next, wherever you land with the football career, and then whatever comes post-football, man, you have been a a great representative of the Louisville brand, um, and it has been an absolute honor to get to watch you play out there for Louisville the last few years. So thank you for that. Thank you for everything that you've done, and thanks for coming on the show. You guys be sure to give him a follow on all social media platforms. Watch the NFL Draft. We're just all going to be waiting patiently for for C.J. Avery to flash at the bottom of that screen there, and I know we'll be celebrating just as hard as you, man. So best of luck to you. That is going to wrap us up here on From the Pink Seats podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening there as we sat down with CJ Avery. What a what a great guy. What a great interview. Uh, again, can't thank him enough for his time the day before the NFL draft. Uh, if you're listening to the show for the first time, we appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to subscribe anywhere that you get your podcasts from, from the Pink Seats podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Pink Seats Pod and, of course, at the State of Lou for the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Vince at Vincent Lococo is where you can find him. And, of course, Matt McGavick at Matt underscore McGavick, the Louisville Report of Sports Illustrated, where you'll find his work there. Uh, the NFL draft coming up this weekend. Going to be a lot to talk about. Hopeful to see guys like CJ drafted, like Quinterio Cole. Uh, maybe guys like Cole Bentley even can hear their names called in the NFL draft. Uh, it's always great to get more cards in the NFL, especially as you build that pipeline for recruiting. So definitely worth tuning in this weekend. Uh, we will be back soon. We've got more great guests in the, in the works. Expecting uh, a visit from former Louisville offensive lineman Jake Smith over the next couple of weeks. Expecting a visit from former Louisville football wide receiver uh, Scott Long over the next couple of weeks. Really looking forward to just diving in um, to some guys that have played in the past, some guys that are in the present, all that stuff this offseason on your home for Louisville football. We will catch you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.